Hello, my community. This is our intermittent sub-series of Instructional Ecology. These micro-episodes are designed to be tiny points of contact of mutual interest across the diversity of our teaching and learning community, a chance to check in and think together in small ways. These are Sustainable Connections. to the faculty, staff, and leadership common read. We meet again on Friday, April 21st at 11 a.m. to discuss two chapters in one go, chapters five and six of our book, Relationship-Rich Education by Peter Felton and Leo M. Lambert. Let's look briefly at chapter five. Chapter five is titled Rich Relationships Everywhere and focuses on actual methods a variety of institutions have put into place to grow relationship-rich cultures and practices. It's a grab bag of residential four-year and community colleges. This is a bit tricky for us since these situations and opportunities can be quite different from each other. But I guess we need to read with a chisel in hand. When we read about things that institutions that are quite different from our own have done, I think it's worth asking, what part of this idea could we take and transform and make useful in our context? Let's look at an intriguing pair of practices, and I'll talk through this kind of methodology. What you're about to hear calls back to Sustainable Connections 5, Institutional Assumptions and Jargon, as will become clear. On pages 118 to 119, the authors tell these examples of institutions changing how they do office hours, a terribly underused but required resource, and have accepted bits of it for time constraints. Here we go. Quote, Professor Sean Vissera of the Department of Psychological and Brain Sciences at the University of Iowa struggled for years to get his students to come to his office to meet with him. Now he takes his office hours to his students. He says, one of the things that I do with my office hours is to hold them in one of the residence halls. And I actually get really very good foot traffic because of that. I encourage them to come in groups. And we meet in a conference room in a prominent place in the residence hall, a place that's comfortable for them. They come in with their roommate or they come in with someone that they've been studying with who's in their discussion section. And sometimes they come on their own. And there are a lot of very informal relationships that seem to involve in my conference room hours just by having this structure where they can more easily access both me and peers who are also in the class. Brian Dewsbury, a biologist at the University of Rhode Island, has also moved his office hours to a student residence hall and has renamed them student hours to clarify their purpose since many of his students come to campus believing that office hours are time for faculty to be in their offices getting their own work done and that students can be a bother. Dewsbury finds some of my most robust conversations happen during student hours. In the student hours, it's not just me reteaching them. I ask different students to take the lead in teaching different things. Somebody goes to the whiteboard and others encourage and support and critique what they're doing on the board. And I invariably have students do a lot of work in small groups within student hours because sometimes there's quite a crowd. I'll also stop and have an individual conversation when a student wants or needs that. Most times it's about the subject we're studying, but I'll use it as a jumping off point to ask them about their degree plans and potential careers. Dewsbury's and Vissera's reinvention of office hours is a powerful example of how individual faculty can creatively act 
to yield relationship-rich results for many of their students, end quote. Okay, that was a lot, but it was rich. And it happens in two institutions that have a campus feature we do not, dorms. I've taught in dorms on a campus and you can build community in certain unique ways there. But at MTC, we're a commuter campus, so scratch that. But we can still follow the principles. So here's the generalization. The professors go where the students are and they go to a third space. It's not their office and it's not the classroom the class meets in. It's another space. And the students are encouraged to come in groups. And the space has a whiteboard and seating. These are very basic settings. Okay, so we can't go where our students live since we don't have dorms. But where do they gather? Could we begin to reuse or reimagine space we have? I've talked with Troy Mofkovich in the Academic Success Center, and he's thinking about tinkering with his space in order to create just such kinds of third spaces with seating and whiteboards. I've talked with librarians, and they long for students and professors to use their facilities in just these kinds of ways. We could choose to deliberately and regularly use the Academic Success Center or the libraries for meeting students outside of class. And we could rename that time, that office hours, student hours, uncoupling the concept from a formal office space and any student assumptions. Student hours has no ambiguity about purpose and focus. And once the students get used to being in the Academic Success Center or the library, they'll be more likely to use those services as well. Here's another hitch to going where our students gather. They don't really gather much. They get back in their cars and leave. We're a commuter campus and we don't currently offer consistent food service. And seating might not yet be ideal for people to spend extended time on campus. But student life continues to work to create more value for students to remain on campus and avail themselves of our benefits. So we could instead begin to create spaces for students to go, to make clear to them, yes, you should hang out on campus more because there are good things here for you. Doesn't mean we need to build more buildings. It may mean we need to furnish them a bit differently, give them fresh amenities, put in different lighting, and to use them differently by choosing a space for those student hours. Intrigued? Horrified? Have ideas or suggestions? This is the kind of discussion we'll have at our next FSL Common Read Zoom. We're just talking and exploring. And who knows what might turn up for us. That's all for this micro episode. Any questions about the chapters or about the FSL Common Read event on April 21st? Email me at h-o-u-l-e-c at midlandstech.edu if you'd like to share a response to today's thinking. Join us at 11 a.m. on the 21st for the live Zoom discussion of the book. All faculty, staff, and leadership are invited and welcome. And listen in on April 27th for the next full-length episode of Instructional Ecology, wherein I'll be talking with public speaking professor Matt Stowell and respiratory therapy professor Casey Hendricks about the powerful and tricky habit of mind that is reflection.